<laughs> yes. The and, match. Uh, it's not a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The match. And these are all fights, Jonas. Oh, it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's loud. Have you um, seen Kazama's face? <laughs> oh my god, when he hits Peku in the head? Like the first time they meet? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. He's got the like sound. fire, shadow fire on his shoulders. Shit's yes. tight. He goes in for a headbutt. Yeah, I'll go for the special. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of uh, Waiting for a Store Fry. Joining me, us. I have uh, Sarah and Jonas. Hello. Hello. Hi, hi. Well, today we have uh, an, uh, shifting gears, I would say. It's, this is our first TV show and our first anime choice Thing. of the week. <laughs> yeah. We're doing Ping Pong the Animation, um, which is uh, 2014 adaptation of Taiyo Matsumoto's 1996 manga of the same name. Is that from Wikipedia, sir? Well, I, I looked it sources. up. This is not this is not <laughs> this is not straight from Wikipedia. That's oh. it's fine they can't sue us. Um, <laughs> this anime was uh, done by Tatsunoko Production and it was directed by a very famous anime uh, produ- uh, director, Masaki Yuasa, and it follows these wide cast of characters and their teenage years as they are Phasing each other in ping pong and in life and trying to find their path <laughs> moving forward. Aww. I love this show. It is one of my favorite animes of all time. So that is all I have to say about my, <laughs> my thoughts going in. I've seen the show five times. Jesus. Yeah. And it's That's... just as good every time. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Jonas, what were you thinking going into this? I, I would like Sarah to go first. <laughs> all right, Sarah. Bring it in. I, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was entertaining to watch. For me, what, what stood out was the, the art style and just the, the editing style. The way they portrayed the ping pong matches, I thought was really unique and it was, it was exciting to watch, which I just, I just thought was really cool. Mm, that's good. I'm glad you liked it. Jonas, <laughs> what did you feel? I, you know, I enjoyed it while I was watching it. You know, like Sarah said, strongest point, the most engaging point is the animation. And it is quite a a step in a different direction. Now, I am not uh, a veteran of anime. I've only seen a handful of things, but... Well, you've gone through, like, the gauntlet. A a couple of things. Anyway, my point being, (laughs) you know, it still stuck out. It stuck out to me, and it was neat. Uh, I will say that... uh, you know, I know Edwin feels slightly differently from the way I feel, which is that, you know, I watched it, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but after the fact, I was like, meh, all right. And I couldn't quite reconcile how I felt, meh, all right, and how Edwin was saying that uh, this is his favorite show ever. So, what I'm hoping for is this little conversation gets me a little closer understanding what where that perspective comes from, because sure. I found it Super cheesy. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Uh, the sh- I mean, the show is definitely not shying away from the fact that it's telling a pretty, you know, by the book story about self improvement and self sort of uh, introspection for all these characters. I don't think that's it. What I think it's it's remarkable about it is how it can convey that by using its medium, by using its animation and its art style. And the music and its editing. And it's, it, to me, it's it's a whole package that really sells it. Not so much the story. I think the story is pretty by the books. Although I think the characters themselves are very interesting. Uh, and ultimately, I think the final message that I got out of the show is also 
interesting enough that it it, it really resonated with me. I don't mm. know, Sarah. Do you feel that way, or were you also just like, "Oh, this is just pretty," and and that, and that's it? No, I mean, I think that there's definitely more to it than just a a show with some cool animation and editing. But I also, I guess, at the end of it, I was kind of trying to figure out like if there's a deeper message than just like these kids growing up and kind of how certain parts of the show. Are meant to come together, and if there's like a central message that I was missing, so I I'm curious to see what. Uh, I'm also curious to see what the big takeaways were for you, Edwin. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have synthesized one. I don't think it's it's like I don't think the show really yells at it or throws it at it. I think you're supposed to in- mm-hmm. internalize it. Um, I think. Well, it did, did go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. So, so we'll see. But I think the first thing we should probably talk about, and it's the. The elephant in the room is how this show oh. looks. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, Ping Pong, even though it's a fairly well-known show in the anime community, it's not a show that you would find many people have watched because they're definitely hesitant to watch it because of its very um, exaggerated art style. <laughs> I don't see uh, why that would be a reason people wouldn't want to watch it, though. Because they they can't. They don't seem to be able to give it the benefit of the doubt that this show can look so jarring and also be gorgeous in how it uses that, you know, abstraction and, and jarriness to deliver emotion uh-huh. and, and, and also be fluid in its animation. Yeah. Um, so, and so I think that that's why a lot of people just don't, haven't given them a chance. So, you know, there's people who've seen like the big ones like Haikyuu or, or Kuroko Basket and then they see pink printers like, yeah, that does not look like what something I want to see. Um. <laughs> yeah, I I think it serves there's sort of two layers of service here. One is on the basis of just holding your attention, because you know on paper, well, on in text, it's there's not a lot going on, right? You you know you certainly wouldn't sit through a twenty minute ping pong match, especially fifteen of them, and mm-hmm. so. The, the cuts and the animation style, everything sort of boils all of that down into something that is actually interesting and you can keep up with. And it doesn't feel as if you're really drawing something out. It 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 takes what it wants from what should be, I don't know, an X minute ping pong scene and it boils it down to, you know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And I think that was cool. And then layer two, which is probably the more important layer, is sort of the, the leaning into it more and using it for thematic expression and so on, right? We've got all these, uh, well, all these techniques: dropping detail, adding detail, blending in weird surrealist things, abstracting away uh, a bunch of detail, and then throwing in some flashbacks. All this stuff actually serves. Uh, what it's getting at, what the story as a whole is getting at. So right. that's sort of two-tiered approach I noticed and appreciated. But, I mean, <laughs> it, that sounds to me like, you know, to me that's the main selling point of the show. Like, it is extremely hard to deliver that in animation, especially given the constraints. And I, I can't think of many shows that can't do that, uh, or at least that try to do what this show is trying to do. With I think that, you're right. Um, I mean, I guess just to give some examples of what, about how I see the, the, the art style and the exaggeration benefit and what the show is trying to say is, for example, you know, when in the near the end, there's like Kazama's fight 
uh, sorry, the match with Peko where he loses. And at some point he shows his, it's just a big shot of him jumping and smiling. And it's completely exaggerated. He looks massive in that. His head is massive. His smile is too big for his face. But it conveys so cleanly that sense of like happiness that I don't think if you've drawn this realistically, you would get that feeling. Those right. kinds of things really jump at me. Um, I think another one that's not, <laughs> it's it's kind of a, one of you miss it is like when uh, Sakama goes to the, to rescue Peko in the water and he touches the water and it's freezing cold. <laughs> and if you see the frame where it shows his face, it's absolutely incredible. It's completely disjointed <laughs> to what you've seen him before. And it just conveys that feeling of touching cold water so incredibly um, by by abstracting it, by exaggerating it in a way that I think it's more effective than what you would get by just showing some real life character just sh- sh- shaking their face or something. Um, I think that's really it's the almost, strength of that animation. Yeah, it's almost synesthetic that that example you're giving where yeah. it's translating a feeling into a visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think the... I think the exaggeration is 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 really big, you know, when it comes to, like you said, you know, abstracting the details or, like in that example, the the facial features. For me, I think, or well, maybe it was the first time you really notice it in the show, but like that first match between Kazama and Kong, I don't remember which episode it was, but, you know, Kazama becomes this huge monster and every yes. shot he fires is a bolt of lightning and the, the entire the screen is all black and then it's just like a big purple bolt of lightning and i think not only like the way they the way the drawings are done but the way they use color too is is really effective there were some scenes where people were dreaming or imagining things and you know at the the dream in the dream everyone was like a, a purple color um just because they were imaginary i guess right. um, flashbacks are yellow um yeah. and, yeah. and sometimes like that that kazuma scene with that fight with that match yeah everything turning black and then at the end almost the i think i think it was the pego smile watch or match or the sublimation of kazuma where every everything turns like light blue and it's you know it it uses its palette to Mm -hmm. set emphasize its point underline it's yeah in the kazuma one it, it completely desaturates the scene slowly if you watch the shots they slowly desaturate it and then they go into full black and white near the end. When yeah. it's, just, it's just showing them being in the game, which is supposed to convey how Kazuma is feeling about the game, how it's just him in the game there with Peko, and that's what's really moving him to feel mm-hmm. that, that right. he enjoys the sport, even though he's 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 that... pretty much just had it like a job, like a like an oppressive feeling that's, that he just drives it because of everything that's happened with his family. Right, right versus him... the that first match in the beginning where it's like all black and he's this giant monster climbing a big hill, you know, like this is, (laughs) he's, it's work for him. Yes. Not only that, but, but they also decrease the amount of complexity in the scene, right? They, Mm -hmm. they, by the end, it's just really just the table and them too. Uh, The, the bleachers are gone. The, the fences around the table are gone. The the Mm -hmm. referee is gone. Uh, I thought that was just incredibly well done. Right. Which is the, the parallel is that everything is falling, you know, everything is physically falling away mm-hmm. and internally Kazuma is like, oh, I don't have, I think one of the lines is, uh, I am not anxious. I don't have time to be where he's getting lost in the game mm-hmm. and enjoying it. And right. And I don't think we've covered, we should probably say this up front. 
his arc would be going from, like you're saying, being all uptight and under this tremendous pressure to get his team to fucking maintain its record to actually coming into the game and just enjoying it for what it is. Or uh, try to, at least, to get there. I don't think he quite gets right. there in the, in the show. He yeah, realizes that he yeah, could. But he recognizes mm -hmm. it, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's great. I, I, it's the same thing with Smile and Pekka's match, which tries it does the similar things um although there's a lot more intercutting with the the, the flashbacks in that one so, yeah uh, that one it was almost it was a little more i mean i guess confusing to watch just that episode because they show the like there's so much else going on like within the match also and then you don't really see the end of the match but you see what mm -hmm. happens because it shows them like on the the risers and you see that you see who won and who lost and it's like oh right. okay so that's what happened but right. i think the show's telegraphing that you should not care about the match exactly uh -huh. because if you 100%. notice yeah. the first half of the show of that episode has everybody going to get coffee or leaving the stadium saying it doesn't matter or just buying stuff outside or pe <laughs> there's like a referee yawning at some point right like everybody <laughs> realizes that okay one of these two guys from the same school is going to win this and they're incredibly good. Um, so I think it, it's great because it goes from that stressful previous episode, completely just takes all the tension out, and it just says this show, this this final um, match is not really about who wins. It's about what these two characters are going to feel playing it. And I think it conveys that once it get once it delivers that, it's like okay, and now we can flash forward to the future because that's all really we, that we care about here. And so I think to me that match is not. That episode is heavily leaning on making you feel something, not so much about it all making complete sense as you're watching it. Yeah. And I think that's fine. I think that's really the, the strength the show has. Because Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of the show is not about it making complete sense as yes, you're watching yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, as I've told Jonas, I think the show is incredible when you rewatch it. It just gives back a lot. Um, yeah. So we'll get to that later, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that, I mean, that last episode for me, I, the reason I was thinking about the match, I don't know, maybe more than I should have, I guess, but, like, because of the, the parallel between Smile and Butterfly Joe, and I'm, like, curious, like, okay, is Smile gonna let Pico win now, or, but it, had, it seemed like... I felt the same way going into it, um, uh -huh. but the moment that they talk, Joe and him talk just before the match starts... And Smile says, you know, he said, tells him exactly what he's going to do, how to defeat him. And, yeah. you know, Butterfly Joe is like, oh, my God, are you actually going to do it? And then uh -huh. Smile says, heroes <laughs> don't have weak spots. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that was really a strong moment. I think I think Smile did not let Pekka win. I think he went all out. And I think the show's trying to convey that very strongly by... Yeah. Um, just seeing the the talk about the other characters, they saying, "Oh, it looks like Pekko's knees okay." And then uh, Obama is like, "No, I'm pretty sure it's killing him." And then in the background, um, then they talk later, the the old guys, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, make sure you take him to the hospital uh, yeah. right after." No, I think the knee is a plot point to justify this idea of Pekko being the hero, mm -hmm. and to sort of finally uh, let. These two characters, Joe and, and Smile, finally come to terms with understanding each other. Because I think for me, Butterfly Joe didn't have the benefit of believing that Pekko, that his opponent was a hero, right? 
Yeah. He he just had to let him win because he knew it would hurt him if he let him win, if he didn't let him win. But Smile wants, it needs Peko to be his hero. So he has to go all out on him because that's his right. arc. He doesn't enjoy ping pong if he doesn't have somebody that he can play with all out. And if he lets Peko win, then Peko cannot save him. And so I think he goes all out in that match. And I think that scene is supposed to convey that. And then everything else, I think, doesn't really detract from it. I think it pretty much reinforces it. Mm -hmm. um, especially when Smile comes back after he knocks himself out. And Peko's like, here you go, Smile. And he runs back and slams it. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, scene. it's clear. It's pretty clear that he's he's definitely giving it his all. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a match. Uh, <laughs> I think we should also cover now, like, um, I think... Yeah, it's great to say like yeah the 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 art style is great, but I think a lot of the other technical aspects of the show are absolutely incredible, especially in the context of of how difficult it is to balance them in an anime. So just to just to mention a couple of things here, we can talk about is um, the editing work, both in, in the shot composition, shot design, and uh, the sound editing. I think they're all so intertwined in the show. It's incredible. And we can also talk about the the pacing, how how they use that to pace the show. Because, as I recall, there are fifteen matches in the show. Of course, there none of them are actually full matches. Um, they develop at least ten characters through an arc, and there's two tournament arcs in here, and it's all done in eleven episodes. Mm -hmm. And I it's think, over a year of time. Yes, yes. I think the passage of time is completely seamless in this show, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think one of the things that really stuck with me is how they if there's a match and there's something that's supposed to impact a lot of people watching that match, they just overlay all of those reactions in triangles over the screen just to like maintain the the the, the kinetic vision of the match and convey yeah. all the characters. Oh, such a great decision. Yeah, I think the use of those like panels that are, you know, continuous the overlaying of the panels and then even the panels that are already there, sometimes the images change to something else. Mm -hmm. But when it's something that you would think might be really confusing to watch, but the way they do it is somehow like entirely seamless and it just gives you a much better picture of what's going on. Yeah, it's very it's very efficient in yeah, all exactly. in every shot. It's, a, it's an efficient way to make matches of ping pong interesting, especially <laughs> yeah. in getting people's reactions in and getting all these... Right, I think... Yeah, the uh, I'm trying to think of exactly the match. I don't recall. But anyway, there was one where uh, Smile was going in, getting ready for a match, and he it was early on in the show, and he expresses to Butterfly Joe, Sensei, whatever, uh, that uh, no, I'm not going to let him win. I'm I'm going in to win. Do you have any requests? And then he says something brutal. I forget exactly. Yeah. But then the panels like break out into two. And it's Butterfly Joe smiling and Butterfly Joe frowning. And, you know, you get your beats with each because one becomes animated and then has its reaction and the other one becomes animated and has its reaction. So, it, yeah, that's one example of how, just to give a visual example of how the show leverages these panels. Not just to present, like, here's a bunch of stuff going on that you might be interested in or that involves everybody around it around this match but also like hey let's peek into this one uh character moment or thematic yeah. moment development whatever mm -hmm. a lot of it's about the emotions for sure yeah I, I, there's also oh. a lot of good work in transitions i like mm -hmm. how they show those transitions between shots for example that first match 
between Kong and Peko. And the ball goes flying up and it just turns into a plane and it's just gorgeous. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the one that I wanted to mention was, I forget his name, but the the one who, the guy who after he played Smile immediately quit and like traveled everywhere. Yes, yeah, the traveling man. That's what I call him. <laughs> yeah. He has a name. Yeah. But, so yeah. the, during that match, like after after he lost the first like point or two, he immediately resigned his, <laughs> from his ping pong career basically. And well, you he, know, he had skunked. a very... Yeah, and he, his voice, you know, it became very serious. But, like, even while he was still playing, and then, like, he says something about how he's going to quit and, you know, just go to the beach or whatever, and then he the ping-pong ball, like, immediately just transitions into a sun. And yes. then, like, we see, like, a scene, yeah. and, like, I don't, it, it just, it made me laugh when it happened, just because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it, I guess, but it was also pretty cool. Yeah, there's um, lots of shots And it's like just, that. it was one of those things where, like, the drama of it was kind of exaggerated, too, so it's almost humorous at the same time yeah and i, I feel like character. that kind of happens a lot throughout the show yeah <laughs> how about you jonas do you have any great shots transitions that you liked in this show no wow <laughs> do you hear this <laughs> i'm kidding i i just gave well a transition uh well that was a shot no, split, split transitions shot. don't stick out to me or didn't stick out to me i'm not saying that you know i thought they were bad i just i can't think of an example right now I to me what really stuck out was the you know the expressionism and the fucking uh, here's yeah the the blending of these surreal elements into the match for example the ping pong mm -hmm. ball becomes the sun uh, mm -hmm. suddenly the geometry of the ping pong table changes such that Ka or Kazuma is like thirty feet tall and he is just poised over this non orthogonal table now so. Mm -hmm. That yeah. stuck out. Those were my favorite points. I don't think mm. it was like, Whoa, but it's one of many things that uh, that this show hangs its hat on. Another one that I only noticed on rewatching, and I don't think you can actually notice on your first watch of the transitions, is when Kong loses to Peko, that last point, and the ball hits the net, right? Because he loses. Mm -hmm. And it begins a sequence of transitions, right? The ball turns into a plane. The ball hits the net. It falls. It transitions mm -hmm. to welcome home. And it shows Kong's mom opening a door, right? Mm -hmm. And at that mm -hmm. point, why? when I watched the show, I was like, why is he going home? Like, he's not going home, right? Like, he's, he's not winning. On rewatching it, the shot right after that one is of the, of the ping pong ball falling on the table, right? And as the ball spins, it shows Japan on it. Right, and if you watch the ending of the show, turns out that Kong became a Japanese citizen and went to the Olympics with a Japanese team. It becomes oh. a what now? Yeah, I so, thought he went back to China. No, he didn't. You I can totally see it did not in the subtitles. That. He he has a Japanese name, and it says after okay. naturalization five years, Kong oh. Kong gets a I, ticket. I thought to the it was saying like after five years he finally was able to return to China and play there. No, no, no. That makes no, no. a lot more sense though. <laughs> yes, it's great for his arc to think about that. No, what I'm yeah. saying is it turns back it goes back to the ball falling on the table mm -hmm. and the ball has spin, right? Mm -hmm. And as the ball spins, it goes to the Poseidon logo, right? And then mm -hmm. like the ball number and then the Japan, it just says Japan, like made in Japan. But it just focuses on the Japan part. And I think that's supposed to show you that home okay, so has become Japan. <laughs> so, like, I see your point. I get it. Yeah. But here's where I think we might be overfitting. <laughs> like, really? maybe, yeah. Like, I mean, if it were true, I could believe it. And it actually is, like, a little interesting. 
But I don't know that it deepens a lot. And but and if it weren't true, I could see that happening as well. You know, I that's how I feel about a lot of the you know a few of the things in the show, mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, oh, okay, I see that. Okay, I'll accept I mean, it. it sounds and like that's that's it. <laughs> isn't that a little re- dismissive of the amount of work that see, went into that? I'm a little. I'm a, I I'd hate to say yes because I don't take myself as a cynic. But I, I, I'm still having that dissonance in me where it's like I watched it and, you know, I went through the whole motions and I see it, but I'm still not feeling it. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's keep talking. Maybe very, I'll very jaded. change stances. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's such a shitty thing to say. Also, I, I think we forgot to say at the top that uh, uh, spoilers are coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, we went right into not, it. Well, you know, I think it doesn't this point, really matter. But yeah, I hope uh, our audience know. understands. Uh, I guess we should probably say there might be spoilers for Evangelion later. <laughs> Maybe. Uh-oh. I don't know. Um, well, I haven't seen it, so hopefully not. It's no, fine. It, won't. No, it doesn't it's just, ruin it's just anything. A um, let's talk characters, because I feel like that is prime ground for discussion. Well, yes, yes. Do you want to you... talk about them in the context of the themes of the show, or do you want to go through them and, and sort of sort of see our takes on, on what we got out of the characters? Can we do both at the same time? I guess we could. It's just, you know, you know, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, (laughs) So the show opens with the hero. The hero appears. The hero appears. The hero appears. The hero appears. Right. And then that that thematic sort of callback is used throughout the entire show until, you know, you figure out who the hero is. So who's the hero? It's uh, Yukata Hoshino, a.k.a. Peko. Good old Pecco. Pecco. <laughs> and I think, uh, so what we see in the show, the Pecco is a kid who likes ping pong a lot. He tells his and friend candy. Smile. And candy, and- yeah. <laughs> he wants to be the best at ping pong. He wants to go to the Olympics and be number one when he grows up. Uh, and throughout the show, what we see is that he goes into a very, very much into a rut as he gets beaten in, his, in the uh, qualifiers. And he gets beat by Kong. He kind of gives up on ping pong. The rest of the show just follows him building himself back up to help his friend smile, to to be the hero that Smile needs. Is that why he does it? Like, no. Ultimately, that's what it comes out to. That's what it results no, in. No, he does it but for himself. Okay. Right? I think he would have done that's it regardless it. after Sakuma saves him from drowning. Mm-hmm. But during that drowning scene, he's only thinking about Smile because he realizes what Smile must be going through. And then, you know, at the end, when he when he says, I'm going to go play to save Smile at the end of episode eight, um, you know, Obaba is like, Peko, are you doing this for Smile or, or what? And, and he says, no, I'm doing it because I'm the hero. I think that sort of sums up, I think, what his thought process is. It's like, yeah, he's doing it, but he also has to do it because he has to live up to what he thinks is being the hero. So I think Peko is a great character. Uh, I think the first half of the show kind of just undersells him. He's just sort of in the background moping. Um, yeah. And the show really focuses on Smile <laughs> as a character. So the fact that it switches that around near the end completely caught me off guard when I was watching it. I was like, oh, so that's the story this is about. Right. Uh, and who's Smile? Smile is a really sad boy. <laughs> so the opposite of Peko is Smile, a kid who is very quiet uh, everybody calls him a robot. He's definitely been bullied, bullied when he was little. 
and his parents has, are divorced. His parents are context. divorced. Mom comes in late, so she we'd never see her in the show. And he's very reserved. And as he says in episode three, all he wants is to have fun playing ping pong, right? The main caveat is that he's actually very good at ping pong. <laughs> 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 Extremely good. Like, the best good. Well, clearly not the best. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, and uh, the show follows him. And I think it's actually not very easy to figure out what's going on in his head on a first watch. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was watching, I was like, why smile doing all of this? Because uh, he doesn't yeah, like the right. ping pong. Well, like, why does he start caring was like the thing on the first watch that I was thinking. You know, why does he suddenly try? This whole thing has been about, I am here to have fun. I am yeah. here because okay. I like ping pong, but I do, you know, I am not going to sacrifice anything to win because I, you know, I'll let people win. I don't give a shit. I'm here for the shits and giggles. So, yeah, agreed. Well, that, so, yeah, go ahead. So what does, I mean, ultimately, what does Smile want out of ping pong? He wants to have fun, right? Yeah. And I guess it's not clear why he would go through all this trouble, right? Because he's not having fun. Now, to me, it seems like, A, Smile doesn't have really anything else but ping pong at this point in his life that makes him happy. And the only way he can have fun (laughs) is by being able to go all out while playing ping pong. And he cannot go all out against all these players because he destroys them. And, you know, he's a kind guy. He doesn't like seeing how people look when they're destroyed by him. And so he grows disillusioned and wants to have his friend Pekko, who taught him how to play ping pong, and he's really good at ping pong himself, be able to grow, get out of his rut and help him, you know, have fun again while playing ping pong. So why right. is Pekko in his rut? What well, Pekko, Pekko's good, but he's not the best at the start. <laughs> he thinks he is. Very cocky guess- guy. I guess the point is he just lacks discipline, right? Obviously, he's yeah. Yeah, everything's always come easy to him, but he's never put in the work. And then right, so in when the Kong... show, he learns to put in the work. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he gets skunked by Kong, <laughs> and then he goes to the qualifiers. He gets beat by his old friend, Sakuma. Um, mm-hmm. And then Sakuma decides to come and be like, oh, for the honor of Kaio, I need to defeat Smile to prove that we're the best. And he loses. <laughs> I don't think he ever said it was for Kaio, but yes, he shows well, he up wants, all samurai like. Wants... Oh, just quick note. Yes. Like you were saying in the, your notes, he shows up just walking out of the train station, and then the show takes the moment to uh, present him as a samurai. You've got like the, the background noises yes. of like the, the theater the, the, where it's the, you know, some percussive noise, yes, yes, and then yes, someone yes. shouting, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. You, he's, they set that up, and then he goes off on his, quote, suicide mission, where if he loses, he will be kicked out of ping pong. Yes. So for, that is an example for our listeners at home yeah. of the sort of expressive, surrealist bullshit that's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they even say it, like, verbally in the show, too. Like, they can, they were like, yeah, he looks like he's part of the Shinsengumi or something like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. As I have somebody who's watched a lot of Gintama and other shows that sort of deal with that period of, of Japanese history. Yeah, that was good. That was a good talk they had <laughs> about those characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just something to keep in mind if you want to read up on the Shinsegumi. Um, anyway. Let me, get, let me buy a book right now to read about so the Shinsegumi. <laughs> so Sakuma loses a fight. Yes. The and, match. Uh, it's not a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The match. Uh, these are all fights, Jonas. Oh, it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's loud. Have you um, seen Kazama's face? <laughs> oh my god, when he hits Peku in the head. 
Like the first time they meet. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> He's got the like sound. fire, shadow fire on his shoulders. Shit's yes. tight. It goes Good in stuff. for a headbutt. <laughs> anyway, but so at that point, Smiley feeds single-handedly this guy who beat Peko. And Peko realizes that he's not as good as Smile. Up to the point, Smile had been playing with Peko, but he had let him, been letting him win. Or at mm-hmm. least letting him be up to his level, right? And uh, and, their sen- and their teacher notices that. He mentions that earlier. And so that really breaks Peko down, right? Like he just realizes that he's not as good as even his friend who he taught how to play ping pong. And that really sends him all down into his, his midlife crisis... <laughs> <laughs> where he goes to the beach and gets toasted. As a high school freshman. Gets a girlfriend. Gains he's... like 10 pounds. I don't know. Yes. Yes. They mentioned that too. He starts smoking. Um, so he he's a mess. his hair grow out. <laughs> yeah, his hair's long. <laughs> he's a mess. I didn't... At he's first, I did not even realize it was that? the same character, honestly. Huh? <laughs> I was said it? at first, I didn't even realize it was the same character when it showed uh, him with the long hair. Yeah. Yeah, he's completely off character. Like, like off of design of the character crazy yeah anyway uh so you know peko is down and smiles doesn't really go up to him to help him right throughout this whole thing he focuses on his coach coaching right to become Ooh. really good at it and yeah i think it is completely non-trivial to ans- ask and answer the question why is smile doing all this hard work at that point <laughs> <laughs> i mean for me one part of it is that they keep calling him that he's not good enough he be- decides to become a robot because the sensei keeps yelling at him, right? So that's why he goes all out. Um, so he, at that point, he suppo- he needs a hero. He needs to have somebody to make ping pong fun again, right? And what I think is not obvious is that the reason I think he's doing all this is for Peko. He has to be as good as he can be so that Peko can play as at the best that he can be. This seems like on the one hand, I see it. And then on the other hand, like, oh, you know, you could have also been a decent friend and talked to your friend Peiko and, you know, figured shit out. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, that's not what's in these characters. But still, it's... it's, right. it's But it's how, how kinda, do you do it? I mean... I don't... As as a writing style or right. as a, you know, as a show, I couldn't answer that. Because in the end of the day, this is a show that must be written. But... um yeah. You know, if someone's in a rut, if your friend's in a rut, your goal isn't to antagonize them so then they come back at you. But, but again, he's not are... he's not antagonizing them. He's himself in a rut. He needs Peko to help him. And Fair. He, and Peko is not in any shape to help them. But he also takes Peck Smile also takes the action to is actively getting up at five AM every day and going to run and doing all this shit. But to... at first he wasn't. At first he he wasn't getting up at five AM, which right. is why it seemed to me like something happened between Smile and the coach, which motivated him to start actually trying harder. One of the lines that caught me is earlier when Smile defeats his coach, right? Because his coach mm-hmm. is being mean to him. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? If we play a match <laughs> and you beat me, I'll never bother you again, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the match, Smile says, Peko, I'm leaving. Um, I'm going up ahead. And Peko just says like, oh, okay. Right, and I think that's supposed to symbolize that Smile is going ahead. He's not mm. holding back at this point. Do I think he's interested in being the best player? No, I don't think so. I think Smile is doing it all for Peko, and it, I think that's consistent with how the show ends, where he just gives up on ping pong as a as a career. Um, mm-hmm. But his teacher is definitely 
you know, Sensei Butterfly Joe really thinks <laughs> that Smile will become the best athlete that he can ever make him, right? That's another big element of Smile's journey is his tension with his, with his coach, with his teacher, a former ping pong player himself, Butterfly Joe. And I think the arc there is very interesting. I think it's probably one of my favorite arcs is that dynamic between the two of them mm-hmm. is how the Sensei really wants to push him because he doesn't want to see talent wasted. And initially, we don't know what, why that, that he's so focused on, on Smile. We know that in the first match against Kong, he lets Kong win, right? Because he hears Kong talking to his own coach and saying that he'll be stuck in Japan if he, if he can't win this, right? And then Sensei slaps the crap out of him after the match. <laughs> and I, watching the show, I was like, why are you doing this? It just seems like a little dramatic. Later on, we learned that Sensei had a similar a match against one of his close friends, and he let him win because he had a bad knee. And after that, he ne- his, re- his career never recovered. And so he's projecting. I think he's at that point, he's projecting that sort of fear of going easy on your rivals and that costing you everything and, lose- and even though you have talent. But it's also a parallel because it shows that they're both nice guys. Uh-huh. Like they're both nice people. And we don't re- that don't be, th- that sort of interaction doesn't become really apparent unless unless you rewatch it and and you recontextualize it with what we learn about Butterfly Joe later on. Are there any not nice people in the show? Just as a quick side, <laughs> I think like I think it, the, all, I th- all the shitty people end up. You know, we get to see enough of them. That what about they end Poseidon up being... CEO? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Grandpa Kazama. Yeah, Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpappy. <laughs> so Grandpa turns out to be that guy with the bad knee who went against Butterfly Joe and who won the match when Butterfly Joe let him win. Yeah. For me. basically owns ping pong. Yeah. He has like a company <laughs> called Poseidon and it produces a bunch of stuff and it sponsors this school called Kayo where they, you know, Kasama and his peers and Sakuma go to. And it's supposed to be this big ping pong focused school with all the latest technology. They all shave their heads. Yeah, they all shave their heads. Nutritionists. It's all pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. It's like the montage from Rocky IV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think for me, for me, his character arc is that he's a man who's compensating for that loss. He wasn't. His body wasn't good enough to win that match, and so he's dedicated his life to to create this sort of belief that if you have all the technology in the world, if you have all the assistance in the world, and if you put in all the work you can always be the winner, which is not true. I think that, you know, if you need, he's overcompensating and putting those beliefs onto everybody else. And in the end, it cost him his family. Mm-hmm. That's that scene with all the old people at the end where he says, I thought that, you know, all this stuff would make them happy. But now Yuri is leaving the country. Kasim is leaving the house. And, uh, and so, you know, everything falls apart. I think, it, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's just somebody who is misguided in all his choices. Right, here's, yeah, here's, the show, given all those circumstances, the show definitely says something about, you know, that angle that he's taking on his approach to ping pong life, whatever. But one thing that confused me, maybe not confused, just like made me pause, was on his conversation with, you know, with, he come, he walks up to Butterfly Joe and Obaba, and they're like, hey, what's up? But then he's like, hey, you still selling shoes and ripping off people? And he's like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. 
you know, you stole that victory from me. Ah, well. Um, and then they're all just cool with it. Like, they all just keep rolling. And it's like, on the one hand, oh, okay, so there, there are no bad guys here. Everyone's nice. But, you know, then it just comes across as like, so why do I care? <laughs> I don't know. It was, that was one of those moments where I was like, mm, I don't know how to feel about this. Well, because I think for me, that scene is supposed to, I mean, he, in that same scene, he tells that his entire life is falling apart, right? <laughs> right before it. He says, Kazem is leaving the house and Yuri is leaving the country. At that point, but I think it's not it's like more... he was close to them. Sorry, go ahead. Well, he wasn't close to them because he demanded perfection out of them instead of seeing them as people <laughs> and, you know, making ping pong their entire life. So what is he actually losing? Well, apparently he believed that that would make them happy, but it's, clearly it's not the case. He's completely misguided on it. So now he doesn't okay. even have them. Well, okay, but now so they are going to be so happy. So why are they smiling, all three of them? I think for me, it's about... For me, it's that Butterfly Joe in that scene is supposed to show that he's over it, that right. his experience with Smile has shown him that it is okay to have great talent lost circumstances in life. And so he decides to just move past it, right? He says that, hey, why don't we play ping pong? Not to show him that he's still the best, but just because it's fun. That's that's what Smile has taught him. And Obaba is just smiling because he's like, yeah, well, I can't play, but I was right all along. <laughs> and she was. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also, like, showing them the three of them together there like that is, um, like, drawing a parallel to the younger generation and, like, how their situation is pretty similar, but I guess it's, like, they could end up like these people, but because they are slightly different, it doesn't go exactly the same way. Like, mm -hmm. the the old woman and Peiko, like, they both had knee injuries, but... And they both you know, became she... big ping pong players. Right. Yeah. Um but, you know, I mean, she, she mentioned that her knee injury was the reason she stopped playing. But okay. Peiko was able to overcome his knee injury. And Butterfly Joe and Smile are the same in that they both played against someone with a knee injury. And, <laughs> and Butterfly they're also Joe, nice guys. And they're nice guys, right? And yeah. Butterfly Joe but let him win. everyone's a nice guy. But, but Smile didn't let Peiko win on purpose, you know, and he ended up just having fun. And he seems, you know, pretty satisfied with his life at the end of the, at the, end of the show. And then... The old grandpa dude is, you know, basically what Kazama could end up becoming if he, and kind of does end up becoming, it seems. Um, you know, at the end we see him in a business suit and everything, but he's also more aware, I think, of the dangers of staking your life on ping pong, as they say. Um, yeah. And he's still and not, so it's, and he's not over his previous preconceptions of ping pong and Right? He's still, you know, wrestling between now not wanting ping pong to define him, but also not be forgotten as a ping pong right. player. But he's learned. So it's kinda yeah. like history repeats itself, but also they've they've each learned something new that their parallel old person did not necessarily. Yeah. One thing I'll throw in as well is you have yeah, you've got Grandpappy Poseidon who ends up with his life being not great. You've got Kazuma, who ends up learning part of the lesson. And then you also have, I mean, similar similar position, Sakuma, mm -hmm. who lost and then lost everything, and ends up pivoting to what seems to be a happy life by the second tournament. And then, you know, he's got a family and other things mm -hmm. in the sort of epilogue. And so, like, that's a, you know, you get that range of, like, how quickly can you drop out of this sort of toxic mentality? And what mm -hmm. I like is that it's all reflected in their hair. At the end of the yes. story. <laughs> yes. The hair. So, that, uh, so, you know, here's another thing about the show. We've got some overt symbolism, like hair. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I, I like Sakuma as well, as you mentioned. I think he's a great character because mm. the show is not afraid to say not everything's about ping pong. Like, yes. you can, at this point in your life, drop it and go do something that really makes you happy. Um, yeah. And I think that's really ultimately the main message I got out of the show. Um, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I like I like Sakuma for, um, because when I was watching it, the show, the first time I really thought, oh man, this, this show could have something. Yeah. Like the, 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 when I actually felt it, like I had, like I said, I'd seen all the technical aspects and thought, oh, that's neat. But the first time I thought, oh, this show might have something to it was um, when Sakuma just starts spouting off t- after losing to uh, Smile when he goes back on his samurai right. mission. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he is just, you know, torn up as a person. And he is like, why me? Or rather, why you? why can't I be this? And then he says, you have no talent. And then his yep. life spirals out. That moment was really powerful, I yeah. thought. And mm-hmm. he also has another one when he's talking to Kazuma later on about, uh, you know, essentially guiding Kazuma away from his... In the toilet. That, that, yeah, in the toilet about that <laughs> sort of shitty worldview. So, like, those moments were good. So that's why I like Sakuma as a character. Yeah. And An interesting final note is that, you know, we established that Sakuma doesn't have talent, and that is reflected by the fact that he doesn't have cool animations when he plays ping pong. He doesn't have any of the surrealist bullshit going on like everyone else. Yeah. Yes. Which is, uh, you yeah, know. He also has very interesting eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to show his, I think it's supposed to symbolize the, the astigmatism he has. Right, yeah. Um, because I think Grandma also has similar eyes, even though they're going the wrong direction. They're going the, the other <laughs> direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was a nice touch. I, I try to go back and see if like there's a pattern with people with glasses who we know has could probably have astigmatism, but I couldn't. I think only them two have that design. Yeah, uh, there was. I tried digging into that as well, I, and that's for another instance of I think we're overfitting. <laughs> no, no, I think it's. I think it's supposed to to be conveyed there. I think that's why his eyes are drawn that way. Well, that's part well that's a plot point of like his talent, right? Yeah, like his yeah. eyes are limited, his body is limited is really more the thing to take there. Right. Which I guess is the same thing as Obaba, but yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> um well, there's a couple other characters I think get at least some form well, we've, our boy we're missing our boy Kong. Oh my god. <laughs> I love was- Kong. That was the other arc that I thought, oh, this this feels nice. This is good. I like this. Yes. But it was, yes. yeah, sorry, let's just wallow in that for a little bit. So Kong is playing. Uh, so we see Kong is uh, uh, initially introduced as China. <laughs> he's a Chinese player who he's has been shot. hired. Yeah, he's <laughs> very cocky. He's been hired by a team, a high school team in Japan to come in. And he's doing it because... He didn't do great at the Chinese championship. So he's trying to prove himself, his worth, to be able to return to the Chinese stage. Well, he loses uh, and he stays in China, sorry, in Japan. And what we see as part of his arc is this sort of, as he becomes a coach for his team, as he actually decides to do the job that he was hired to do, as his you know teammates come and help him and when his mom visits, they cook together. He opens up to them and you know the motif he has is this plane that keeps showing up in all his scenes he wants to go back to china and he wants you know he, of course the plane is supposed to symbolize that trip back he has a very nationalistic view 
of his identity with ping pong how how china is the land of ping pong how he spent his entire childhood working his ass off to be able to join the chinese team how he has to return to it to to, to be able to justify that that effort that he put in so he looks down on the japanese players to him china is the ep- the, the 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 climb Climax of, of ping pong. And through and what happens in the in the arc, his arc in the show is that he's shown to be wrong, right? He gets defeated again and again. Um and has to But intru- he takes it with grace. Yeah, he absolutely He does. learns quickly. He doesn't have this whole downward spiral. It's all mm-hmm. great. He has a good relationship with his mother. Like yes. he is top notch yes. material. This is him. good mom. The man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She raised him well. So, but he has that yearning to go back, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, as we discussed earlier. It's the, when he loses to Peko in his match, and it shows you know the plane crashes into the net, and it switches to saying "Welcome, you're home." And I think it's not obvious at that point what that home means. You could infer that it's just him giving up on this Chinese dream of going back. But it's only when you notice that he stays in Japan that 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 new home is Japan. That he he's given up on having to be a Chinese ping pong player. He's decided to be a great ping pong player. Um, hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was a very very nice arc for him. Yeah. Um, he's a, yeah that that moment when he like uh, he gets the boxes of candy from yeah. his mom that works in the factory, and he pulls out one of them and it's got one of her hairs on it and it's tinged gray at the oh, end yeah. and then oh. he cries or when he's, there's another flashback because everything's yellow mm-hmm. so you know immediately it's a flashback uh, mm-hmm. and he's pulling away at the station with his sunglasses on because he's cool <gasps> and then his mom is waving but he doesn't look and then the train pulls away. A and, single tear. And he, no, he <laughs> breaks down. <laughs> if you notice, if you notice that shot is actually presented twice in the show. The first time it doesn't show him crying. It doesn't stay right. long enough. Mm. It's great. That's good. Um, I also like, there's a couple of other scenes that I just love with him. When he meets with Peko in the tournament and Peko is like, sorry, no, not Peko. Smile is like, ni hao. <laughs> and Kong just takes his glasses off and points them at him and is like, Do you, are you seeing this shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, those little um, offbeat moments of you. That, that is one thing we haven't mentioned because it's not that big of a deal, but there's a little bit of an offbeat humor to the show that I enjoy, like that, yeah. that delay on the hand gesture, like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or pe- wait, someone tried to hint at this earlier. Peko's candy obsession was really funny. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, because applying, you know, he's very critical and uh, and analytic about the candy he's consuming, despite the fact that it yeah. is a shit ton of candy. <laughs> he's like, oh, there's not enough carbonation in soda these days. It's because this health movement, or who in their what is it? You love it when a candy company uh, has, you know, tries new things. Yeah, some some shit like this. He I does a couple other ones. He has one where he's talking to Smiles like, Smile, do you like peanut butter or do you like caramel? And Smiles like, uh, caramel is like, yeah, that's obvious. I don't know how people don't like <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> but the stupid store at the corner only has peanut butter. He also later comments on like this, this I don't remember, like a... Uh, ice cream or something and he's like you know yeah. what i think my favorite flavor is uh i forget what he says uh does it say um 
curry or something like that. I thought yeah, that's what he something said. savory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's giving us a mini review of all of these in the background. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's also like the the bubble gum at the opening at the end of the the end of the opening. Yeah, which I don't really know why it's there, but I like it. <laughs> I love it. It's just it's just the, the the it's just the production team flexing their yeah. their animation skills. Even though it's so gross. And their style, <laughs> it's right? so good. Because it is huh? quite yeah. repulsive and it does sort of yes. cue you into it. The whole anime, the whole uh, introduction, the whole opener has a lot of really ugly looking shots. And I don't know, maybe yes. maybe it's a selection mechanism. Like, hey, this is what you're in for. Make sure you want to see this. <laughs> yes. It's impressive it's cool, though. Yeah. It's a really cool opening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even though it looks gross when Peko pops that, that bubble gum, like you can feel... Like how it would feel to lick that bubble gum off his face, like how he's doing. I, yeah, I just, just like the way his tongue goes. It's yes. like I don't know. It looks cool. Yeah, I think a couple other funny parts. I think uh, when they interview the traveling man when he comes back from overseas, <laughs> and yeah. uh, he gives him his whole story. He makes up a story about going to a wedding or something, and then his inner like, narration, yeah, is saying so the just opposite. To internal, yeah. And yeah. he's like, they're not gonna use the footage in the TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. went all over. I went all over the world. Sorry, I think you had a good one that you liked from Ababa. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that I mentioned this one to Edwin the other day, but um, the first time the old lady shows up, like when they're showing the first high school championship, she just shows up out of nowhere. Um, I forget what she was saying, but then some some student in the background was like, "Hey, there's no smoking in here." Oh yeah, because yeah. of course <laughs> she's smoking a cigarette, like always. Yeah. It's the same that thing. One in made the, me in laugh. The, it's when she's asking. Uh, she also, when she's asking uh, Butterfly Joe to put Peko on the team for the final tournament, mm. she's smoking oh. in there, and he's like, "There's no smoking here." <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good jokes in this sh- in this show. Yeah, there's like the whole the banter between her and Peko too about like how she's always joking about how he's, he's going to marry her or something. Uh, yeah, yes. it's like kind of weird, <laughs> but like funny at the same time. God, there was this. When, you can say it. Go ahead. No, you can go. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> a great moment with Obaba and the Peiko relationship, which shows sort of the huge difference between uh, Obaba's training style and Sensei slash Butterfly Joe's training training style, is when Peiko is go- running up the stairs for the first time when he's trying to get back into it. And, you know... He collapses and throws up, and Obaba's like, come on, get moving, get up here, I, and, you know, eventually getting to a point where she says, come on, Peko, I love you, and she's, and he says, could you not? That kind of doesn't do it for me, or that does, you know, that kind of ruins it for me, <laughs> and she's like, why not? The sun is setting, and, you know, the sun is literally setting, but, you know, there's also that look in her eyes that it's like, I'm dying, we're all dying, and it's like, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a cute moment and a good contrast. I also like that he's puking, and she's like, you can't puke here, we're enough. It's implied <laughs> that they're at a freaking shrine. <laughs> um, I also find Butterfly Joe to be really funny. Uh, his English stuff lands with me every time. I feel like it does. No was man annoyed. so good. No <laughs> Except that. That's so good. <laughs> Mr. Sukimoto, question. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you very much. <laughs> burger. It's not burger. It was burger. <laughs> oh, burger. <laughs> uh. I love his love letter, which is just a bunch of push-ups and like laps. And Pekka goes, hard love. <laughs> oh, that love. That whole love sequence was great. Where, you know, he's trying to court Smile to be a real athlete. 
Yeah, and how it's yeah, yeah, yeah. that stark contrast to uh, fucking Obaba's training and that whole angle. So sort of a a real oh. take and a superficial take on what this sort of love would be, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. But also by the end, Peiko is also like saying the the love you right, thing. even to so Kazuma it's like... exactly. It's I think that's one of the main takeaways is just embrace it and roll with it, and that's sort of Peiko's bit, and that's uh, the show's bit, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Peiko's bit, the hero. <laughs> the hero. Uh, of course, the hero. So, what do we think of this motif of? Peko being the hero. What does what is what does heroism in this show mean? Um, is it similar to what you would consider a regular hero? For me, it wasn't. But I just want to know what your take is on this whole arc of Peko becoming the hero. I mean, I think it was interesting the way the show decided to develop it because it's really not clear what's going on with the hero at all until the end. <laughs> um, I'm glad. I'm glad you saw uh, you. That's the what you got. That's what I felt watching it the first time. Yeah. Um, so at first, I thought that it was more like something internal to smile and, you know, he had some sort of hero in his head that would help him come out of his shell and, and play well. But then by the end, we realized, oh, the hero is literally Peiko and they used to call him that when they would play um, when they were younger or whatever. And now it's like he's kind of filled that role for smile, um, you know, as he defended him when they were younger and smile was getting bullied and now... He's a hero in the sense that Smile, um, I guess, needs him needs him in order to have fun playing ping pong. Um, Agreed. I think uh, I think the one caveat I had is I still walked away at the end feeling a little uh, weird about the hero concept, mainly because, as you're saying, yeah. Smile sort of demanded it. This wasn't like Peko, you know. That was that's who he is. Period. It was kind of induced, kind of forced. But you know, I don't. That might be going too far into it. If... Mm. No, I agree with that. Like I know, I said that I was kind of confused at the end of the show, and I think that's that's why. Like I don't know if I fully understand the hero thing. Mm. I think, um, it's or maybe the... I'm just looking for something that's not there. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> All right, everyone, give us the you... give us the lecture. Yeah. <laughs> As a five time watcher. <laughs> I think what you are supposed to feel in the first watch of the show is Peko saving Smile. What that feels for Smile. It doesn't, there's no, the, the rationale for why he becomes the hero, what does it mean to be the hero is not very clear. Uh, it really only lands when you have that flashback where, where, you know, you learn pretty much what Peko did for Smile, how he invited him to the dojo, he saved him from the bullies. Uh, and that's only done in the last episode. But for me, Peck, this I don't think he smiles demanding Peko being the hero. I think for me, Peko is a hero by being who he is. And the only way he can be who he is is by getting over this deep depression that he's in and living up to his true potential, the potential that Alibaba sees in him, the potential that Smile needs to be able to have fun playing ping pong again. That makes Peko, Peko the hero at the end of the show. And if you notice in the early parts of the show, Smile sings or hums the the, the hero's song. And Peko says, I don't recognize that song. Where's that song from? And Smile just doesn't respond. It's when Smile hums the song and Peko is playing against uh, uh, Kasama that he decides to finally let go of pretending that his knee is going to kill him and go full throttle against Kasama, which allows him to win. 
I think that's a nice parallel that they do. They call back to that song many times where Smile is really in a really bad spot and he just starts humming. Uh, and I think that's that's supposed to show that from the start that Smile really needs a hero. But the hero, it's not that he's demanding from Pekko. He Pekko can only be a hero if he's who he really is. He's a great ping pong player who's willing to put in the effort to become the hero. And he saves Ka- uh, Kong. He saves Kasuma. But he doesn't save them by like you know taking a f- going and taking him to his grandfather and be like, "Hey, I'm taking him away from you. You're abusing him," <laughs> or you know going up to Kong and slapping him in the face saying, "You will become a great Japanese player." No, he just defeats them and shows them how much fun he's having while playing the game. And that coupled with the the the, the journey that these characters have been on makes them reevaluate their 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 position in life. That's how they get saved by the hero. With Smile, Smile needs to he wants to have fun playing it and he knows that Peko can do it. Peko can become a great player so that they can play together and have fun, go full out against each other. That's what I think Smile needs to be saved by. He wants to be able to have fun with ping pong, so to be saved he needs Peko to be able to play but at the same time Smile knows that if Peko manages to do that then Peko himself will be saved Peko will be his own hero and I think that's sort of what is driving him to do this he needs to be saved and in ignoring Peko and going full throttle and following Sensei even though he's not happy about it he doesn't really enjoy it he can be there for Peko at the end um, do and we- if Peko had not Oh, yeah, Do we ahead. get a beat about why, well, maybe we don't. Maybe that's why we were sort of confused. Is, do we get a beat about that moment when Peko, their smile decides, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Because, I, you know, I guess when he starts beating so Coach in, in game two, two of right. that match. So in episode, in, ep, if, in episode two, Peko's sad, right? Right. And he storms, sorry, Smile is annoyed because the sensei keeps yelling at him. Mm-hmm. So he storms out of the school and Peko goes after him. And they have a chat there right. where Smile says, I just want to have fun playing ping pong. And then Peko says, I want to be the best. <laughs> and Smile <laughs> says, I'll support you. Right? But In the next couple episodes. Peko also says at some point, like, I'm quitting ping pong. And Smile says, okay. Well, yeah, but he doesn't. <laughs> he, right? does, he does say that. No, at that just... point, he doesn't. At that point, he doesn't. No, that's, right? that's it was earlier. Correct. It's after. No, no, no. no, he, no he, in... yeah, he doesn't quit. He goes back to the, the, the tournament. Right. Right. Uh, just him, that's just him moping, moping because Kong beat him. But to be realistic, I don't think that really breaks him, right? That's I mean, Kong is an international <laughs> ping pong super player. I don't think he's really broken at that point. No, but what uh, happens in, in, I think it may be in that same episode near the end, is, you know, he uh, smile defeats Butterfly Joe. And he says, Peko, I'm going ahead, right? And uh, and, and I'm not waiting for you, right? And, you know, Peko is just sort of dumbfounded. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get that that smile telling him, he's like, hey, I need you to live up to who you can't be. Don't let this drag you down. And he just decides to go full throttle from there. And I think that's the moment where, you know, smile just decides to commit to this. There's moments. Peko like, doesn't he's, get it. He's, he's got the Kong he's... match later, and he doesn't start winning until he does his humming bit. So, like, I, I don't think that was an immediate thing. But he, he already wants to be the hero at that point. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm talking about Smiles and Smile during his Kong match. He is losing. But he lets him win. And then, and yeah, and eventually lets him win. So, I don't. 
So it's not right? cut and dry, which is okay. Yeah, because Milo doesn't care about it's winning. It's just a little confusing. Right? I think that's supposed to highlight he doesn't care about winning. <laughs> that's why he lets Kong win, because he doesn't want to hurt him. There's no reason to do it because he doesn't really care about winning at that point. Um, so how is that different from... Well, that still happens after that scene you're saying where he tells Peko he's going to go full throttle. So it's like the shift isn't... I guess it's gradual. It's uh, no, it's just it's, it's no. I don't think there's a discrepancy there, right? Like, I, I mean, I at just... that point, Peko was defeated by by Sakuma, right? And then he plays Kong, and he just lets Kong win. Why, why would he keep going? I suppose. Yeah, um, but then you know he continue. He as you see that at the start of episode, I think four, it's which is just all the animation of Smile being a robot and like that parallel where he's destroying cities and stuff right. and it's just a bunch of matches I think all of that is in service of him eventually being able to play against Peko um, and um, and I think what really changes Peko's perspective is A he gets saved by Sakuma when he's drowning but what happens is that he's drowning and thinking of Smile of seeing how Smile must be feeling right because Smile is a reserved guy he, he wouldn't go up to Peko and be like hey Peko I'm kind of drowning here you know <laughs> um <laughs> He just internalizes how Smile must be feeling because he's only been thinking about himself at that point, about how he's sad that he can't be winning, right? Sakuma yells at him and he's like, hey, stop running away. You have the talent. I don't have the talent. I want you to give it all. And then Peko realizes that probably Smile is not having a good time. He goes back to the dojo right after that scene and he looks up and sees this, the picture, which at that point is not revealed. And he yells at Obaba. He's like, Obaba, I want to... I wanna be a big ping pong player again, teach me again. Mm. And that starts that whole montage for the next couple episodes where he builds himself back. And then in the final episode, it shows that it's Smile smiling in that picture. And the reason he calls him Smile is because Smile used to smile a lot when he was playing with Peko when they were little. Mm. Um, if you notice, as I mm. added to the notes here, uh, when they zoom in on Smile's face, smiling in that picture, the buttons on Obaba's shirt are also, also Smile's. Right next to his face, which I thought was pretty cute. I didn't realize that uh, the first time I watched it. I think we're getting into overfitting territory. <laughs> it's not overfitting. I think it helps. It, what do you mean by their smiles? To... I didn't even. Well, I, maybe I have the, to. No, see the, it. the buttons are shaped like smiles. They are, there are little smiles next to ne- next to smiles' face. The buttons are there, and they're all smiles. Uh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. I could imagine that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And so I think that's that's what I take out of this heroism. I think it's not very clear what's motivating Smile the first time you watch it. I think it becomes more understandable as you rewatch it. Yeah, maybe I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. I also think it's interesting how Kazama is like, there's no such thing as heroes for the yeah, entire show. Yes. And, then, and then he plays, and then, yeah, he plays Peiko at the end. And, you know, he finally starts having fun. And it's almost like Peiko's being the hero for him, too. Even though he's the one who said heroes didn't exist this whole time. Even though, you know, again, he's not he's not totally changed from it, but he's able to actually have fun during that match and he realizes like, okay, this is you need to go keep playing. People can fly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah, I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Peko's on the bridge, you know, uh I could do everything back in the day, I could fly. There's birds throughout the whole thing, again with the yes. overt symbolism. You get those they cut like into matches. Food. They <laughs> they also like to steal burgers when you're at uh or yes. you're at the beach. But you know. Yes. They do that twice. 
Yeah, I like that. So that's what that's my take on heroism. I think that's what the show is trying to convey. And it does it great. It's not just the journey Peck was in, but all the flashbacks are gorgeous in sort of making, letting us feel how Smile must have felt back then, uh, how how much Peck was saving him must have meant. Uh, I love the music. The hero's theme is fantastic. One of my favorite tracks. So it just it just works great. I like the editing for all those bad flashbacks. One flashback I want to bring up, and I don't even have anything a lot to say, but I just want yeah. to bring up is uh, Kazuma. Right, we're going through Kazuma's trauma and his past, and why he sort of you know his history that ends him up ends with him being where he is, and he's going up the hill with his dad on a hike. You got like lilies on the side, the flowers that show up throughout the whole show. And mm-hmm. then you get to the top and his dad says something to the effect of, uh, uh, what did he say? Uh, Look at these damn birds. These... They're so free, so careless. <laughs> the birds, so they, they, don't have to, they don't have to deal with what all that's down here. And then Kazuma, young Kazuma says, dad, step away, it's dangerous. And then he's in the hospital and then he's dead or something. And yeah. you have to piece it together. It's not like immediate. But I thought that those those... That was a powerful set of moments that set up a good arc for Cosmo. It sort of was the redeeming moment for Cosmo of sort of turning him into a an understandable nice guy as opposed to like, yeah. damn, this guy is a monster. Uh, right. Yeah. So, and then because he's he's okay at ping pong, then his grandfather is like, oh, I guess this kid's not... <laughs> Something came out of my, of my son here. <laughs> Something yeah. good came out of my son. Oof. Better not be bad at it. Here's the trauma. Enjoy. Um, uh, oh, they were poor and everything. That was. Yeah. I liked how they applied that they were poor just by that exchange about you know what do you want for dinner? Oh, I want the udon. And they all like yeah. look at each other like. Ooh, well, it's like thirty bucks. How no, about no? Um, <laughs> no, he wants it. And it's like oh, oh, that we, that was like a nice real moment that you could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's also not clear if like the grandfather decided to really go all in on the money making. To like, yeah, you know, take them out of that. I, I don't think they really go into oh. it. So it's not clear. I mean, he does order. He's just like order five more flowers because there was not enough people come to the wake. So maybe he <laughs> did have money already at that point. Um, it just seems odd that he would be so callous to not help his son, who clearly is having money problems. If he can just, if he's already pretty wealthy at that point, I don't know. It definitely didn't reflect well on Grandpa. Grandpappy beside, mm-hmm. but it's okay because yeah. at the end everyone was happy and good friends. <laughs> well, well, he's his life is still ruined. He just has is it now though, his old friends. The, the whole thing is predicated on him not really caring about his family, so he's just fine. Well, the whole thing is predicated on him believing that everything he's done will make his family happy, mm. which doesn't turn out to be the case. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Wrecked indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what I think really this show is about. I don't think it's really about the hero thing. I think, yeah. um, as I call it here, is that it's about ping ponging through life. Um, right. I think the show has like 10 main characters. They're all in parallel, they all have different things going on in their life. They're all tied together by ping pong as a singular thing in their life that has them all connected and I think what the show is supposed to be is sort of be life affirming about how people come together something joins them together in their life for an instant 
And that can change their life. That can set them on a different path. And then it doesn't go into the typical trope of saying, and that's good because then everybody will be happy always. <laughs> it shows that it, it 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 shows characters that go through hardship because of that interaction. Um, it is it's an optimist show. It, I don't think any of the characters are left in the end with a you know downward spiral, right? I think it's trying to keep an optimistic take, but it is not like saying and uh, you know everybody can become a great ping pong player and all of them became great ping pong players, right? It's trying to be like flexible in what happiness is. Life is not all ping pong. You can be happy without playing ping pong, um, and so to me, it just becomes a big analogy about, you know, being on being on a journey through your own life. Here, the parallel being that ping pong is that journey for some of them. And I think the important part, another important part to note, is that to achieve said happiness, you've got to, you know, take it with vigor. You've got to really jump into it and be doing what you want, and you know, not apologizing. You got to be peco playing ping pong. You know, you're. Uh, it's about blood, <laughs> to use their overt symbolism again, when they have that happy children's chorus at the end of episode 11, and, you know, all the flashbacks, and then, oh, Peiko, look at this smile, my blood tastes like iron, and look at my handful of blood. So it's about vitality, and that being the thing that gets you to set happiness. Right. Even if that happiness means letting go of ping pong, or you know, losing your career to save a friend. And uh, yeah, so we can talk about how that that last episode's title, which is Blood Tastes Like Iron, feeds into it. Um, yeah, I think that's really what catches that sort of feeling of, of ultimately these characters are supposed to feel like they're alive. Ping pong makes them feel like they're alive in some way. Their life doesn't need to be about ping pong, but because they had ping pong, because they interacted with each other through ping pong, they can realize that they they are alive, that something in them is alive. Smile, of course, is the main character that sort of doesn't feel that way because he gets called a robot. He doesn't feel alive. He gets called he's a robot. He acts like a robot. He He's reserved. Um, it's never clear why they call him a robot, if it's just because of his demeanor or because kids were, you know, always being mean to him when he was little and then he just grew up to be reserved. And now they just, you know, feel that way. He feels like a robot. But blood tastes like iron is supposed to show smile. That inherent oxymoron contradiction about blood. Blood, which is supposed to represent, as you say, Jonas, vitality. You know, being alive, uh, being warm. Ironically, tastes like iron, which is a cold, hard metal that is emotionless. And to me, that's supposed to show, it's supposed to highlight the smile that, yeah, he might be quiet, he might be reserved, he might act like a robot, that doesn't mean he's not alive. That he has blood flowing through him like any other person. And he, he should be able to, to rise above the people who call him something that he's not. He can be, he can be happy to be what he is. I think that's the theme of, of that blood taste like Aaron. And I think that's Smile's journey, that interacting with Pekko, being saved by Pekko, being able to meet Sensei. And the entire cast has allowed him to finally embrace that idea that his blood tastes like iron, like anyone, like everyone else. Yeah. Mm. One more thing I'll add to that, just to call back to all this stuff we talk about the the imagery of the show and the expressionism. That thing is called to immediately in one of the matches, one of the last matches with Peko. I'm not sure which one, but the opponent is like this big icy thing, 
and then they hit the ball and then they turn into like this big you know it, the, the, it it's like a red veined fire yeah he has creature. like a i forget like a, who it was he has an armor no it's smile smile is jumping ah, okay, okay, to okay. reach a and his armor of of metal breaks apart and it shows his veins underneath right, him. Right, right. So uh, right. he hits the net. He hits the side thing, breaks it, <laughs> falls. He gets cut, right? Ah, and then, right. but he returns the ball. <laughs> he returns the ball yes, to yes, Pecco, yes. and Pecco's like, "Smile!" And instead of you know, at that point, he decides to save him. He right. doesn't want the match to end to not be fun. So Pecco returns the ball with all his might, and Smile just sprints back to it. That's one. It's yeah. a great scene. Yeah, um, yeah. And then after that, he smile realizes he has a cut, so he touches it. And if you, at that point, the match is completely in black and white. You know, it's supposed to be them entirely in the game. The red contrasts with that. Right. You know, that's taking smile out of the match, but in a good way because he tastes it and he says, "Blood tastes like iron." It's great. I love how that yeah. match ends with smile crying of happiness. I don't know oh, if you that's right. That. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, I remember now. There's like the scene where they, oh yep, his there's like tears streaming from his eyes a little bit. Yes. Yep. I have here smile crying. Checks out. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was like actually the end of the match. It or is. If it, it is just during the match, but it okay. is at the end. Yeah, it's we just actually the no 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 sorry she she I, I think I know the point you're getting at it wasn't at the end of the match it was at the end of our view of the match the match continued right but they didn't necessarily yeah, yeah. show the end of the match exactly. is what I'm saying yes right right. I was telling Jonas that I had not realized that the opening is supposed to be the match I don't know that that's two. true hold up before we I get into I think it is I went because I went and watched this a few episodes last night and I don't think you can really tell the difference it look, it just looks like people like faces aren't shown no it's definitely Peck on Smile how do you know it, they the first part is peck and smile. Yes. Then it switches to just the the sandy sort of calligraphy pictures out, of different characters yeah. from the show. It, it doesn't even show who it is. I mean, sometimes you can say, right, "Oh, right. they're bald," but like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say it's like, no, but it is them too. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's them to walking towards the uh, going to the match, which is what you see in the last scene of the show, just before they get to the match. They walk through the tunnel. Ah, okay. And that's exactly the same shot gotcha, you see gotcha, in the gotcha. opening. Yeah. That I can agree with. So, you know, you can see more of the match by looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is one thing, you know, any, I don't, like I said, I don't watch too much anime, but when I do, I always pay attention to the opener and the closer because they just throw everything in there and then you just discover it as you go. <laughs> like in the lyrics, in the, often in the oh, visuals, the it's all, you know, some sort of, 30 minute summary or 30 second summary some Gazamkun's work there where it's like here's everything you need to know kind of wrapped up into a 30 yeah. second digestible and that's kind of yeah neat. I mean let's go ahead I was gonna say that I was no I was gonna say that before because we're talking about how like the message of the show is just do whatever makes you happy whether that's ping pong or something else whatever but that's like literally the lyric at the end of the opening <laughs> song that's like I, I, I just want to do I just want to do whatever makes me happy yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. And right before that, it also says that I will not be left behind. I think it's supposed to be about Pecco. About, because they're running in that shot. Pecco's mm. running ahead and Smile's falling right behind. Right. And then um, even earlier, you have one of the lines is, I'm the only one. I'm always the only one. And it's like yes. Pecco, you know, his status as the hero or whatever. So it's like, mm. ah, look, it's all here. Aha. And then the yes. ending, which I really enjoyed. Ah. 
the ending. Just the music so was just nice. It's a nice little pop tune, and the auto tune, you know, brings me back to my uh, middle school T Pain days, which I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. <laughs> but the line there is, you know, will I fade away? I don't know. It's still a wonderland. Yes. The rain doesn't get me wet. Yes, and and um, it also says my 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 desires, my dreams are like a metronome, which is supposed to say they keep changing. And they keep they keep swinging back and forth. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then of course the shot of the bird, and then it's like yeah. ah yes. It's, for me, for People me, the ending is really what <laughs> what sells me on my read of the show as being about the journey, about how their interactions changing changing their lives, and and the show not passing judgment on on the path that they take because it has it opens with somebody walking down a path right with the same organization like the next shot will have where you have like a some rail on the left and then a, a smaller ocean on the right then it switches to somebody on a car which is in a different path a different way to go through life and on his on their left there is a train and on the right is people going in the opposite direction and then later people stopped because it's a traffic jam and i like when they all three meet together where he passes through the bunch of cars and he gets next to the train he says about um, will it? I think it's uh, let's come together or oh, we'll yeah. come together in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and that switches to the bird, which is the last way to see a different path through life, which is if you manage to soar high. People can fly it. People can fly. Yes, people can fly. <laughs> I love that ending. It's just gorgeous, and it's yeah. I like also when how that's that ending. Increases detail as you approach things like you would in life as you get to know them better. And then as you let them behind, they fade away immediately or, or they become less detailed. I like that. Uh, the choice they made for that. See, this is a, that is a, that read is an example of me where I'm not sure if I want to take that read because it's like, maybe that's overfitting. But also, I don't think so because it does serve, you know, a good summary, a useful metaphor or image to sort of summarize everything you picked up watching the show. So, you know, it's uh, it's good, but also, eh, maybe we're trying too hard. No, uh, but I on mean, the this whole, is what I felt. That, that one, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to say this isn't true for you, obviously. I'm just saying, no. like, if you were to take this to a general audience, is this what one, people would extract or one should extract? I think for that example, the answer can be yes with high yeah. confidence. Right. But there is also the uncertainty I felt. And I think that, you know, since that was a thing I felt the whole time, you know, that stuck to me. Stuck with me, should I say. Um, I think we are you well have any... over the budgeted time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go yeah. over any like little of the things we saw? Uh, Sarah, anything? No. <laughs> how about that? How about that Evangelion? Uh, oh right! Cameo. I I almost forgot because I have strong feelings about this. All right, I'll try to make it quick. So at some point, I think it's episode eleven. You get this. Yes. Uh, the people are flashing back, and we're like, Peko is bad at school, and it goes to his test, and there's a bunch of doodles of Evangelion. And I thought that was, you know, as Edwin pointed out to me, that's a good parallel because it. You know, it also the show also deals with a sad, lonely boy trying to deal with his life and whatever. Um, you know, trauma, abused children, soft boys, Extreme. however you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's a ha. Okay, that's a you know. Of course, Evangelion is a mainstay of Japanese pop culture, 
But, you know, it makes sense to reference here because of that. And then I sort of as a personal take is like, huh, it's interesting with this show because um, sort of the relationship between the plot and its themes and this 11th episode of abstraction and flashing back and sort of ignoring the plot completely works for this show. As opposed to an Evangelion, <laughs> the last two episodes are a similar type of abstraction, of interiority, exploration, of flashback, that just completely jar with everything else in the show. Well, in Evangelion, they jar with the show, and they yeah. leave you with a lot of open questions. For example, I cared about plot points in the show that just were not answered in the show. And maybe, you know, I was a fool for doing that. Maybe the show was designed poorly. Who's to say? But anyway... In contrast, Ping Pong, with this last episode, and it's flashing back, it works really well to the point where you know that you don't care about how the match turns out. You don't care about the plot. The show's not about the plot. And that's all sort of set up in advance with uh, just the way the the relationships are tracking and the themes are tracking. And also just the imagery and the abstraction has been present before. It's not going to catch you off guard you've sort of been led to this point of like, of course this is going to happen. This is how this show operates. So those are two, you know, two shows doing a sort of similar thing, having other things in common, but coming out of it in a much different direction in terms of success, which to me, this show did well and Evangelion did not. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I don't think that in any way makes Evangelion we are not starting that conversation right now (laughs) yeah i agree Uh, i'm just saying i think they're very different takes yeah i think they're very successful at what they're trying to go for i think ping pong is as i mentioned one of my favorite shows not because it's revolutionary in the themes or or you know uh, on the structure of the plot no i think it's just an incredibly well done um assembly of feelings of animation of editing, of of all of these things that just are done so perfectly that it just completely lands everything. And and I, I just can't think of many shows that do that. And on top of that, just decide to go completely off the wall with the animation style, mm-hmm. the art style. Um, is that your? So I think that's. Is that your hot take? Is that your summary? Yeah. Do you want to give your rating? Yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. We can do a rating. I would say that I would give Ping Pong five wontongs made by Kong's mom out of five. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... So would you like to go or should I go? Uh, I can go. Um, pretty much agree with Edwin. I mean, I haven't seen nearly as many None of us have. as he has. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if anyone has, but... Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... What stood out to me, as I said at the beginning, is the, the the art style as well as you know the editing with you know the the panels and the different views and the way the the way this anime portrays emotions and the exaggeration like we like we talked about. I think really really great job with that. Um, and you know, it's I guess throughout this conversation, I've kind of gotten a better understanding of the message of the show as well, which is cool. But yeah, it's it's clear that. You know, throughout the the show, even though we don't realize it until the end, we're kind of building up to that game between Peko and Smile, and the overall message is just kind of do whatever it is that that makes you happy and make sure you're doing. You know, they they keep saying throughout the show, 
who are you doing? Who are you playing ping pong mm-hmm. for? And you know, it's got to be yourself, and you have to just do what makes you happy. Yeah, we could. So yeah, it's we completely forgot cool. to talk about uh, who do you play ping pong for? But yeah, I think you're right. That's a good takeaway. Mm-hmm. You're and uh, you're rating miss. Yeah, so I, I, yep, I would rate it a a bowl of udon with a side of fresh bubble gum. Ah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I had udon flavored bubble gum, but. Uh, guess i'll change that um if i were to give my thoughts uh sarah and edwin have already sang the praises so i won't do that again i will say that you know edwin and i watched the same thing and observed many of the same features and how they work together i will say i didn't walk away feeling like i wanted to watch it four more times (laughs) like that being said yesterday i went back to watch like four or five episodes in preparation of this. But, you know, I I think your mileage may vary depending on how, what you want out of your stories, uh, what you want out of your narratives. If you want happy-go-lucky, feel-good, everyone's nice, you know, an assortment of character arcs that maybe go somewhere, this show is for you. Uh, and my rating is a, a big old bowl of mac and cheese, but like, not just craft you know, box mac and cheese. You went to the store. You picked out cheeses. You know, you thought about moisture content. Maybe you bought sodium <laughs> citrate, and you put it all together. And you know, you you taste it, and it's real good. And at the end of the day, it's still a big cheesy ball of cheese. And that's my thoughts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> well, I look forward to well. Uh, for us to review more great anime like this. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pace yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is probably one of my favorite of all time, probably my top 10 of all time. So, and I think yeah, it's probably one of the more approachable ones. That's what that's I was going to say. It's not, it's a low commitment. It's only 11 episodes. So. Yeah, that's true. And it pays off pretty quick. Yeah. Would recommend. Yes. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed our take on ping pong the animation we'll be back next time with another great piece of media for us to (laughs) agree or disagree Uh, on and uh, give our interesting takes on it thanks for watching listening (laughs) bye-bye bye i will point out to the listeners that we do have a mailbag uh if you want to send questions comments you know have you got a cool reading that we didn't get to did you see some great details that we didn't do you have a suggestion mm. of something we should watch and cover send it at waiting for stir fry at gmail.com we'll buy a domain name eventually maybe but until then waiting for stir fry at gmail.com